I am your host, Don Taylor, and today we're talking to the amazing Tim Barch. Today's topic is a deep one, so here is the trigger warning for all of you, yet I challenge you to listen to it no matter what, because a lot of people around you are dealing with this, and yeah, I promise you'll get through it. But today's topic is death of a child from a dad's perspective. Before we get started, I do want to tell you a little bit about our guest so you can be as excited as I am today, but also know how to support him. So my guest is my cousin, Tim, my cousin, I have, oh man, as a kid worshiped the ground, this kid walked on, this guy walked on. He has always been one of my absolute favorite relatives, my favorite family members. And I'm honored to say that we have maintained a friendship and a relationship into our elderly years. No, (laughs) I say like, we're so old. But we have. He is a worship pastor. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's an incredible musician. He's all the things. He also has a heart for helping other parents. So I just want to say welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. So we talked about this a while ago. You had asked, you're like, I think I want to tell my daughter's story. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) We need to do this. So I'm going to let you take this where you want this to go. So let's start at the beginning. Tell us about Amelia. Sure. Well, um, just newly married and um, my wife found out she's pregnant and it's exciting. And, um, you know, two months in, yep, baby's growing. This is great. Uh, you know, all of my, my wife was on some blood pressure medication, no big deal. Uh, so the doctor said, and then uh, a couple months keep going or roll on. And um, we hit the 26 week point and we're seeing the specialist and I was there. It, I happened to be there with with my wife that day. Her name is Janine. And uh, the doctor said, your baby has to come out now. And we were like, okay, it's getting real. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I go home to grab some stuff. Uh, they scheduled a C-section for 6 a.m. the next morning. And this was like 3, 4 in the afternoon uh and uh i don't even i don't even anyway i don't even know if they told us 6 a.m but it was something like that and and then i i drive over that morning i wasn't even allowed in there just they had a glass window where i could see people running around with the kid wow Um, (laughs) i guess i should say um they 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 put they injected some steroids into Janine's for the for the baby and mm-hmm. uh just because at that age um it increases the chances of survival but also we had the stat that at 26 weeks viability of a child is between 70 and 80 percent so nearly every child lives anyway so we're like cool all right we're good baby's coming early but we're okay <laughs> yeah and we knew it would be months in the NICU and uh, weren't sure what that would look like, but you deal with it, right? Because it's your kid. So anyway, I got there in the morning, um, put on the robe thing and all that stuff. Got to see uh, Janine after the operation and um, just kind of sat there, right? And, uh, you know, you get to stay in the in the neonatal intensive care unit. So it's a, well, actually you don't know, you don't get to, the child does, but we had a space and, you know, we're just kind of moving on, dealing with things, you know, in-laws are in town buying stuff. We're going out for dinner, you know, just figuring, you know, live, moving on, right? Child's growing. Regular day, yeah. Yeah, and uh, day two rolls around. You know, I, I, um, I think I got in on like day one and a half, give or take sometime yeah. on the second day, I, whatever. Uh, and she's little, um, you could put my, no, my wife's wedding ring and she's a size four on her finger. You could put that around Amelia's wrist. Wow. You could put, 
So she was less, she was just around a pound, just over a pound. And, um, and then of course there are other parts of the story, but leading up to day two, um, a nurse comes in and she had a different face on. Uh, she said, it doesn't look good. Uh, we don't know what's wrong. And, and they didn't, it, she was presenting like an infection. Her skin was getting redder, uh, looking sick. And I, then I went in again. And um, I think that's when Janine and I finally went in too, because she was, you know, having a cesarean, you're, you can't move. Yeah. Like you're, you're in a wheelchair, you're cut open, you got stitches inside you and outside you, and it's really not, yeah, like, yeah you, you sit up and you faint. It's not easy. And I didn't get the cesarean, obviously. So you'd have to ask Janine how much worse it was than, than I'm describing. <laughs> uh, but you know, we, we, we go in and we get to look at her and stuff. And, and at that point they said, you know, it doesn't look good. We'll see. Doesn't look good. Um, kind of looking at her, I think, you know what, I might be remembering some of this wrong. But I, th I think that was when we did a video call with my uh, brother-in-law who was in Thailand at the time. And he was the only one who saw Amelia alive apart from Janine and myself. Wow. So it was kind of cool. Um, yeah. Kind of sad because the, the older siblings didn't get a chance. But, yeah. but anyway, at that point, it may have actually been then maybe a second visit we had and they said we don't know she's getting worse and essentially then like you have to now you have a choice to make we can treat her with something yeah. and it might help but it will burn inside her body and or you can let her go and either way She's, she may die. Well, obviously pull the plug. She's going to die. But, yeah. um, but anyway, we were just like, no, nah, you're not, we're not going to burn our daughter. Okay. So Let's pause there her. for a second. Sure. So as a parent, you've been told, and this is literally over a matter of days, you've been told like 70 to 80% chance of survival. So you're like planning the future and how this is going to look and probably like, Oh, <laughs> I'm going to need more time off work. <laughs> Yeah. Well, spend a lot of time in NICU, right? Like that's one complete thought process to, oh, hey, here's two of the most horrific decisions in the world. Oh, and by the way, you have to choose one. Yeah. You can torture your kid or, and she might die, or you can pull the plug and she's going to die. <laughs> choose like, <laughs> choose, choose laugh. pain or death. <laughs> like, but yeah. that is the most brutal decision. Yeah, that was harsh. You know, you know, in the in the middle of it too, it's like, well, if I pull the plug, am I killing my daughter? You yeah. Know, that that question you ask, and and you know, growing up in a in a family that is devout, you know, church going folks, it's like, what are the theological ramifications of pulling the plug? You yeah. know, and. But, but really, though, that's when the rubber actually hits the road. It's kind of like asking, you know, what would you do if you were like whatever conviction you hold? What would you do if it was challenged at the most fundamental level? Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, I can't tell you that because I haven't been there. Yeah. Like and even how can you ask that question? You don't know. You can never know until you're there. You don't. You don't know until you're in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And even when you've. I've made up my mind. Even when you've made up your mind, good luck, good luck, buddy. Uh, so anyway, yeah. all that to say, it didn't take long for us to realize that we had to let her go. And it was kind of cool. But then one of the nurses who was in there who was caring for us, she just said, thank you. Something like that. She does that. What a brave choice you've made. Because wow. because she's walked this nurse, I'm sure, has walked with many parents who are like, keep the child alive, yeah. you know, and and you're like, yeah, but 
like for who you know what's what is how are you the best parent you know and i'm like oh man i gotta let her go and i really don't want to and i gotta let her go (laughs) you know so that's so we did and we got to be there when they you know pulled out the breathing tube and um it it was kind of cool she uh it was like it whatever it was she lifted up her hand and then it fell and then she died and it was beautiful yeah how many days was that that was uh she was her birthday is the 4th of september and she was gone on the 7th so she got 2013 just, just a few precious days on this earth so let's talk about this from a dad's perspective. Sure. <laughs> so from a mom's perspective, right? Your body has all the hormonal changes going on. You've just oh, given yeah. birth. You've also bonded in a completely different way to this child for those 26 weeks. Right? It's 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 so different. But let's talk about it from a dad's perspective. How was that for you? Well, you know, yeah, you're sitting there and you're, the mom is crying and crying and crying and crying. And, yeah. and I have tears too, of course, but I know I can't feel any of that stuff. I wasn't cut open. The, the baby didn't get pulled out of me. And, yeah. you know, I... I'm thankful to have been able to be in the room when they did a cesarean on our child, Eileen, who's now seven. And it was awesome. That can be another podcast is a a C-section from a dad's perspective, (laughs) but, but having her, uh, the months and months, it wasn't not just the day after, but the time after, uh, watching her grieve just shredded me. And, uh, yeah. We talked earlier because we're both crying. <laughs> Look at us being hot messes. Um, this is a tough one. Was it also <sighs> from a yeah. man's, got this Tim. Was it also from we a man's? from a man's perspective of needing to be the rock and needing to be the support and needing to be the strong person at any point in there, did you feel almost forgotten? Ah, it's a good question. It it was, it's interesting. So maybe we can come back to this one, how when you're grieving, people are usually there for you for a couple days, maybe even a week. Yeah. And, and then nothing happened because there's a hockey game or there's kid family, you know, your family members have kids who have sports or whatever. People got to go home because they got jobs. Yeah. Uh, but in that time I felt bad because I couldn't, I wanted to be able to identify more, I think with what Janine was going through, but I also recognized that I had grief as well, and I needed to be able, I had to visit whatever place I had to go as I grieved. Otherwise, I would carry it with me. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, actually, about being left out on, yes, I, of course I did a little bit because it's the baby of the mother. Uh, Oh, interesting wording. But yeah, makes sense. You know, but at the same time, my, you know, I know that's not the case. And so I, no. what I, I'm, I was fortunate to have people that I could talk to, no. including we, we had a therapist that we, that Janine and I visited. So, oh, God. yeah. And so, and honestly, I mean, I gotta, I gotta put it out there that not just my family is devout. I'm a firm believer that God is with me yeah, <laughs> all the time. And um, 
a comfort that, you know, I suppose people of any faith can identify with this, but let me say that Jesus Christ is Lord and he walked us through it. Yeah. Uh, and you, you can't do it without him. So forget it. And I know, I know that comes across as uh, bigoted, even from some people's perspective. And so be it. Let's talk. Um, because I'm not here to talk about what I am against. <laughs> no. Um, I have um, so much thanks for... Uh, you would say strength when you shouldn't have it. Uh, that right en there. Enough understanding to make it for the next 10 minutes. You don't have to have a whole day. You don't have to make it through the day. Um, take a deep breath and you'll make it through the next couple seconds. And then, and then you get to take another breath. You know, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I remember when our grandpa got cancer and he wasn't doing mm. well. Yeah. And grandma had talked to me often because of having a husband who had almost died so many times and having dealt with so many health issues myself. We'd have these like weird little like back hallway of their house conversations. <laughs> you know, the exact spot by the bathroom and the dumbwaiter where we'd like stand oh, yeah. and she'd like whisper questions to me about how I had dealt with it and how I'd coped with it. And at one point I said to her, I was like, grandma, some days you're like, I'm killing it one day at a time. Like I can make it one whole day. And I said, sometimes you're like, nope, I might make it to lunch. And I said, but grandma, there's literally times where you count to 60, take a deep breath, grateful you survived. And then you start again, right back at one. Cause you're like, Whew, okay, I think I can make 60 more seconds. Yep. And at grandpa's funeral, she came over and gave me a hug and just started counting quietly in my ear. Oh, and I cool. just like laughed and just hugged her. I was like, there we go, grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And someone said, account. It might have even been some famous author said, like, what saves a man is to take a step and then another, you know. And so it's uh, for all the dads out there, it's like, you know, obviously you can't feel those feelings. But who are you? You're right there. You, you know, OK, if you're if you're with the mother, you're beside her. Wow. And if you're not, you just lost a kid. And um yeah. Feel the feelings. You have to, and you know, it's and talk to someone. And even if you if you can talk to somebody who's gone through it, because that was one of the best things. Was as soon as I shared about the death of Amelia, I had moms and dads coming out of the woodwork saying we had the same thing happen to us. Wow. And I was like, okay, I got a bunch of friends. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like a, an instant fundamental connection you make with people you've never met. You know, in one case, it was the grandmother of one of my music students. Yeah. And she just very quietly said, you know, named, named her child that she lost and says, you know, he would have been 27 today or something, yeah. or he would have been 27 years old or something like that. And it was just, it's like, wow, you know, like, uh, that's why we've got to talk about it. Cause you know, it's, you know, to, I live in Calgary. So there's a, there was a particular Calgary flames player. Um, oh no. And I'm going to forget his name on the air. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. He that's lost, okay. but he, <laughs> I'll remember it in about 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they, they lost a child right around the same time. And I was like, man, I got to talk to him. Uh, but I, I didn't, I mean, I'm like, great, no. <laughs> but, but it was it's so interesting. You know, it's like, I just, I knew, I knew what he was going through and I'm like, dude, I got your back. You don't know me and I'll never see you again or see you ever, but I got your back. Yeah. 
some interesting club that you're part of that you don't want to be part of. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, you know, it's we right. Got, I'm always like, we welcome got, to yeah. the club that I wish you weren't in. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, what if we could just share that grief though? Man, like yeah. what kind of idiots are we when we you know, we build a silo around us because we're going through this trouble. It's like, there's all kinds of reasons, but you gotta, you know, open are, it up. But, but you do. So moving forward after, I remember going to her funeral. Yeah. And it was, it was so brutal, but so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? I wrote a, I wrote a piece of music. It was, yeah, like between the day of her death and the day of the funeral, I had it handwritten. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, I did. And um, yeah, it took me, I don't know, I don't know, about a day. Who knows? But it still got the piece of music. It's amazing. Right? But it was such a, I mean, no child funeral. No funeral is good. <laughs> But you know, when you're like no. at a grandparent's funeral, you're like, they lived a good life. <laughs> we'll miss them. And it's devastating. Yeah. But like, you're good. But a child, you're like, they didn't even get a chance. Yeah. You, I, know, I know this Go is going to yeah. come Sorry. across. No, no, it's okay. I know this is going to come across as, I don't know what. So just bear with me. But mm -hmm. do you feel like it wasn't taken as serious because she was premature and one pound? versus has she passed away at full term or at a later date? No, you know, it's funny. Like, I know it's like, how do you write a three-day obituary? <laughs> she lived three days, she died. <laughs> right. um, here we are with the gallows humor. I love it. Um, <laughs> the dark sense of humor. This is yeah. like, so, family's known for this. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Uh, you know, not really because people yeah it, the the only thing that sometimes creeps in is when people are um meaning well and down you know years later oh well you had another child so i guess it's okay you know you get oh, periodically yeah. but you know most people aren't that stupid anymore oh. uh stupid might be the wrong word maybe no, ignorant. We're using just, it. it's okay just, it's like you should know better when someone's grieving. So all you folks out there who are, who have friends who are going through grief, just sit with them. And. Okay. I want you to define that because people don't actually ah, understand what that actually means. Isn't there a, an acronym S T F U. Uh, it means don't talk. Um, <laughs> so when you're, yeah, it's interesting. I told a guy who lost, uh, he was friends, very good friends with a man who lost his wife suddenly, a uh, wife of like 40 years or something like this, uh, just this past fall. Uh, and I just said, if I could give you one word of advice, and I don't mean to give you advice, but don't say anything, just sit with him. Yeah. And if you talk, just talk about stuff. And anything that, and stuff means not related to anything that they're going through. Because oh. they'll bring it up on their terms and and then you get to walk with them. Because oh. you might not be the person they need to tell about how they're really feeling, but your presence with them shows them. And maybe they will share. Uh, so, I had, I didn't have many like that, except it, I had people who asked me, how can I help? And I just said, just be around, Yeah. you know, I, and, and they were fortunately not those types who say, oh, you got to stay strong. Or I just, it's so great how you're handling this. I'm like, you don't know. You have <laughs> you no know, idea what's going on know, on the inside. You know, and it, and it wasn't in a mean way. It's like, you don't know, you idiot. It's more like my kid just died yeah it sucks like come on like for real like, just just hang out we're okay yeah maybe you could go get me some broccoli or something because i need to make a stir fry yeah 
<laughs> but yeah, and so anyway, like it, we actually felt really supported by a lot of people. They, you know, just such a wide variety of folks. You know, they even brought food, even though my wife is a celiac. So unfortunately, if you're reading this or hearing this, then you brought food. We didn't really eat it because my wife couldn't eat anything you brought. So <laughs> I love the intention and the care. <laughs> but it's, even if the food got given away to someone else. Yeah, so yeah. that's all right. But that's another another fun story. The third podcast. Right? And just to, all the to, podcasts. How, how to, to, how, to yeah. how to love Beeland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, it's so true. Oh, I tell you. So anyway. moving through that grief, now let's talk about a couple years later. Janine's pregnant yeah. again. Mm-hmm. You know what? Can I back up just a little bit? Yeah. Let's, we'll come back to that one for sure. Shortly, at, uh, let's see here. Was it even a year? It wasn't. It, February. Okay, I think I know, less where, than you're, a year. I know yeah. where you're going. And I was like, I'm going to let you bring this up if you want cool. to. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's. I think it's pretty cool because so I referred to um, my, my faith and, you know, I'm not saying everything happens for a reason. That's a really stupid thing thing to say yeah. i think but uh every circumstance in your life can be redeemed can be turned into an opportunity to bring uh healing and wholeness to yourself and to others and shortly after the death of my daughter my brother's wife had a child who lived for nine days and then she died uh from something later uh they they discovered that there was no way she was getting out of that one either and um i could walk with him yeah and oh man talk about the best so okay the best thing that could have happened out of the worst thing that happened yeah you know and we have that bond that has you know it's irreplaceable and you can't break that and so we walked through it and we still periodically just kind of, you know, we're the two dads who lost kids. Yeah. You know, and just look back, look back at it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And so, you know, how do you, how do you say it's pretty cool? But I think anybody who's gone through anything terrible, uh, who has let themselves experience the healing that you can experience, Okay, say that again. Can, so anyone who is willing to... Anyone who's gone through a horrible experience. Who has let themselves be healed from it. Yeah. It takes time. Who has let themselves be healed from it can turn that terror into something life-changing for yourself and also for people around you. Because it changes... Well, it, I know, I mean, I know enough that it has, it changes your biology, not just your uh, thinking, but oh, actually 100%. physically changes you. But it also, it puts, well, it changed a lot of things for me. But anyway, it, it allows you to become, to, to be an agent of healing for others, mm-hmm. at least to give them the choice to make steps toward it. You can't heal anyone. Uh, you can point them in the direction you can nudge and you can be a powerful ally. And, um, yeah, it's just try it. Seriously. So you said it changed a lot for you and then we're going to get back to the other question, but what did it all, what did it all change for you? Well, I've been a music teacher since I was 15 and, uh, and I'm 47. So do the math. So like four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. Give or take. Um, and, um, that old, by the way, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm ageless. I tell you, <laughs> you are ageless. Uh, so it changed how I treat people. Yeah. And it changed, you know, suddenly those, you know, I've always liked kids that I have a lot of fun being a music teacher, um, among other things that I do. And, yeah. but now, now they were someone's kid it wasn't just these kids it was that parent's child 
you know, whether they have a good relationship with that kid or not, that person's treasure. And so I'm not just teaching a kid music. I'm, I'm, it was so interesting. I, I heard myself say the words. It's like, I'm not just teaching these children music. I'm, I'm helping them to become just good people. And it changes the level of patience you have. It changes how you, how you show, like, it's, I guess, discipline or like how you treat kids who are misbehaving. Um, You still have to call them on it and you still have to be, you have to provide discipline, but how you, the, the words you use and the actions you take change or it it caused me to change and certainly reconsider like you know the well-worn pathways the habits of you know either you've seen it done this way or it was done this way to you or you think it's a good idea Mm -hmm. whatever it is now something in your life has changed or challenged how you think and it it did and i i'm so glad that was one of the one of the first things I noticed actually because I I had big fundamental changes I had one week off and I was back to teaching imagine that oh my goodness put your put your uh death of your daughter in a little box and go to work so but hey that's also part of moving on is imagine that life moves on (laughs) oh it's so true it's so true that it does yeah so let's backtrack Yes. And that was a crazy year, by the way. That was such oh, yeah. an interesting, like, yeah. from when my mom passed away to your daughter, to your brother's daughter, to, like, it just felt like it was just, like, compiled death. Mm-hmm. That was wild. It was, just, it was just wild in our family. It just, yeah, it was a very heavy, heavy time for, I mean, mostly you guys, but for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Like, it was just not okay. Yeah, yeah. So now let's go to a couple years later, Janine gets pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because I mean, um, on one level, of course, you're worried about, well, is it going to happen again? Yeah, of course. Of course, you're going to worry about that. You know, if you're any trauma you've ever had, you know, if it happened in a place, you know, every time you pass that place, 100%, it makes you, you know, every time I drive by the hospital, um, I don't often, but I, I'd had, I would have work up there and I'm like, oh yeah, I was up on the 10th floor or whatever. I remember walking the 12 flights yeah. of stairs, running up the stairs to the, to where Janine was. Cause the elevators, I was like, I'm not going to get in the elevator any faster, yeah. you know? So interestingly enough, so the, the specialist who said, she's got to come out now, gave, gave Janine her personal phone number. And she was a, she was a nephrologist uh, by trade. So it's the kidney, kidney folks, mm-hmm. kidney doctor, uh, who happens to be a celiac, I think, or has Crohn's or something like that. And so immediately they, they had that connection. They knew that some of that, there are tendencies. Well, if you have I guess I didn't say the high blood pressure was preeclampsia in my wife. And so knowing that now we had a whole pile of doctors that were like, was, we're bringing, we're bringing this one say, in. <laughs> you're, you're treated yeah. very different. Oh yeah. And I mean, and all that to say it to the, to the doctor who didn't know the first time oh. I have not like, you know, I can imagine where people would go with that because it's a, she was a relatively new doctor. And I actually told somebody last night, it's like, I hope if, if she ever thinks about it or even heard that we lost this girl, I hope she now knows that the importance of knowing someone's history, just medical history, you know, a lesson learned. I don't I can't blame her, you know, and I don't know if you were headed that way, but no, but sadly doctors are humans too. (laughs) If, if only they could know everything about us. Right. Right. So, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, like, like you were saying, like we had a pile of specialists, but it is stressful. 
and and of course she was a little bit early but not really and i got to watch the c-section and yeah. so um and that was yeah like i said that's a whole other podcast some people are like oh that's so disgusting i was like this is awesome <laughs> and 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 the nurse is like you, you have to stand behind this curtain and you cannot get out of your seat <laughs> and i was like you're, you're like, kidding watch me watch <laughs> me yeah well i i did stand up at one point and i that's where i'll leave it but if anyone wants to know it was pretty great <laughs> yeah anyway so she was born and she was fine and she's a, a wild seven-year-old full of beans and i'd have it no other way yeah did it take you so you have two older kids as well yep one's yeah. out of i mean both of them are graduated now like yes yeah yeah my son graduated this year which so, is yeah. wild right mm -hmm. did you knowing how you bonded with your first two amazing kids then you have number three and you deal with the death of this child and now you have number four <laughs> did it was it a different bonding experience did it take longer to connect was there any of that stuff with it huh. nope not really i don't think so it was it was being a lot older having a little kid <laughs> yeah uh so the age difference maybe that means we have less energy but honestly i don't know i think when you need something unless there's something else wrong, your, your body can provide it. It adjusts. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's some fun at some fundamental level, you have enough. Yeah. Uh, and I remember walking, I'll stand up here a little bit, walking through the hall with my elbows out because she was long enough or short enough to fit in between. Yeah. Uh, especially the late nights. And that way, when I, when I bumped into the wall, because I did, uh it wouldn't be her head hitting the wall <laughs> That's awesome. and i think i think parents can identify with that parents yeah. of any age but no there was there's no no difference bonding and what was awesome was particularly my son he he's been because he like my daughter's uh, now out of the house too so she's yeah. um she was a little uh, older of course yeah. um but he really bonded a lot with her with the uh with the eily is her name and uh yeah. she uh yeah they have a pretty special relationship so and we've yeah yeah i appreciate that that's awesome so what is it you do to remember her ah well what are some things that you guys have done incorporated into yeah. your family to remember her well we've had birthday parties every year where we'll yeah. make a cake that's one thing we do. Yeah, it's good. Good to remember. Uh, we didn't, you know, there are some, I think it's, it's important to recognize that different people need different things, yeah. you know, and, and so for anyone who has experienced the loss, you know, don't, don't think about what other people will think about how you remember, you know, you can let time make that choice for you in terms of how you respond to your mm -hmm. own grief because mm -hmm. people people don't need to tell you how to grieve but yeah. so so for us we have the birthday party that we do and i think yeah usually it's like some little cake or something anyway yeah. the first few years we went on a little bit of a time away uh, maybe a dinner out stuff like that too just janine and myself but um that's a, that's about it we however we did we had her amelia cremated and we have a little urn that's mm -hmm. that's sat in the same spot right beside her little the hospital put together a like a box yeah. thing and and a, like a little shadow box frame with a picture of her and her little footprints and some cute stuff so there's a little section on the dresser yeah every now and then i'll just go to that little urn and i'll put my finger on it and just talk to her yeah. A little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. I love what you said about how, like, it's not the same. It's not the same for anyone. 
grief is no, the no. same for anyone and how they deal with it, how they process it, what they need to do after. I know for mm-hmm. myself, I looked at, so for example, like when my mom died, I looked at, okay, what was a character trait of her that I want to incorporate into my life and make mm-hmm. more of a focus in my life? And I did that also with like grandma and grandpa and things like that. That's one of the ways I've grieved. Yeah. Right. But I don't have like photos of them up anywhere. Right. right. Yeah. And I have like little things around my house that make me think of them. Like I have grandpa's fingers. I don't know if you've ever known this, but my, my, this finger, oh, is yeah. grandpa's finger, like my <laughs> pointer awesome. finger is literally grandpa's finger, the same twist, the same curve. And every time I look down, I'm like freaking ugly finger, <laughs> but it reminds me of grandpa. Right. And I remember mm. being a little girl comparing fingers with grandpa and I always laugh. I'm like, man, I should tell the rest of the family that one day. Like, if you ever miss grandpa, just look at my finger. Because like, yeah. it'll catch you off guard. It's funny. Well, but... you know, you know that volcanic glass that sat on top of grandpa, grandma's piano. Yeah, I've got a piece of that. Oh, so cool. It's like it's like you couldn't. I won't trade that for like a million bucks. It's like right? I see it and I'm like, there they are. It's pretty cool. Totally right. And so. Like for me, I go back to my mom's grave often. Mm-hmm. Like every time I go through, I go and I stop and I see her and grandma, grandpa, and I like have a moment and I bring flowers. And like, that's something that's very precious to me. But my siblings, like me, I think they only go if I go and they happen to come with me. Like, that's just not something that means anything yeah. to them or that they need as part of their grief. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I know my, my brother does uh, graveside visits too mm-hmm. with his, for his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah, right. it's true. And, and, you know, like some people plant things, some people have little areas of their yard, you know, everyone has a thing. Yeah. You know, my challenge to anyone listening to this, that's dealing with grief or has, or honestly, we all will at some point in our lives right? It's like one of the guarantees in life is death. Sad to say, but it's true is find the thing that comforts you and works for you. No matter what anyone else says, no matter what they judge, no matter what their thoughts are on it, or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What is, what is your thing, right? Like as long as it's not harming you or harming anyone around you, what is your way of remembering? Yeah. And you know, I think too, like it's um, let let time be your ally. Mm. You know, it's like, and I really don't think that's profound. It's just, it. I guess it can be if you look no, back and so. and realize. But time is one of your allies because then you can feel you don't have to feel everything all the first day and you can't and you won't you know but it also it helps you realize that maybe some of the things you were doing in the middle of the grief at first were toxic whatever it is and and it could actually have been a good thing you were doing that actually wasn't good for you necessarily um but can you give us an example of that uh let's try um I'll, I'll try to see if there's something in even in my own sorry not put experience. you on the spot i know yeah because i oh boy something so okay well i didn't do this i if if you and say you um when I was pretend I went on a, on a walk every day, I, uh, you know, at, at a certain time, you know, just to remember my daughter and I did it for a whole year. Um, and then I realized that those walks, you know, there's sometimes a varying lengths, but then there's other people in my life. And a year later, I'm realizing, hold on, I, I have this wife beside me who's grieving too. And I can't remember the last time I talked to her about how she's doing. Yeah. 
but I've had my me time for a whole year. So it's a very important thing to do, but it's hold on a minute. I, I need to, I need to see if, if I can, if I can find a different way or bring her along mm -hmm. on those walks or whatever it is. Is this still serving yeah. me now in the way it was then? Yes. And I think that's that when you're with someone who's grieving, I think they need, so the grieving person needs some time. Cause it's just like, if you cut yourself, say the, the, the comedy, when you cut your neck and it's going, yeah, you know, when you're going through the trauma, that's what's happening. And yeah. you, people kind of got to let you, let you be for a second. Yeah. Uh, but then after a little while, it's okay to jump in and say, let's talk about that blood that's leaking out of your neck. Cause <laughs> if you, uh, if we, uh, if we let it keep going, you're, you might be in some trouble. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, really does have a practical application when it comes to this type of thing. So like as a dad, it's like one of the things you got to remember, like, and I had this and I had a good, good laugh with my brother. It's like, I think he did forget one day, like the anniversary of the death or something. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I forget. I'd, I'd like, I'll go a month and I won't have even thought of my daughter. And I'm like, am I a jerk? And no, I'm not. I'm no, I'm I'm the I'm the father of a daughter who passed away for crying out loud. So leave me alone. Uh, but you know, <laughs> it's like you you gotta just what what that what you can do though with that is hold on. I haven't thought of her now. Let me see who else is in her life or was, and let me let that trigger something in you. And instead of you know, we use trigger in a most often in a negative way that it triggers something that is, that leads us to a negative behavior or feelings that we mm -hmm. tend to dwell on. Well, can't certain actions and activities trigger positive behavior? 100% they can. You know, and so let those times of forgetting go, oh, wait, I should ask uh, my wife or my my kids, whoever it is that yeah. may, that was involved directly, you know, it's like, hey, or even indirectly, it's like, hey, how are you doing with this? And you have that shared experience. So why not share it now? And so, yeah, there you go. I love that. Oh. I love that so much. Tim, yeah. is there anything else? You have been so amazingly just open and vulnerable today and talking about this and how it's all gone down. Is there anything else that you would like to say to someone listening or if someone is to share this with someone to be like, hey, you need to listen to this. <laughs> anything you'd like to say to them right now, either from from a support perspective of like my family member or my friend or my person's going mm. through this or the person going through it. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Mm, well, just to double back on let time pass, yeah. you know, and uh, one of the best things you can do is um, just set a reminder in your calendar, like the day of the anniversary of the death or just on, on special days or, or whatever routine it is fine. So this is for people who are supporting the one who's grieving, yeah. find, find a support routine and give it and do it for at least a year. And oh, then I love af that. after that year of support routine, you could even reevaluate with the person who's grieving. You could say, I've been walking with you for this year. How can I help? Is there anything you need? Do you want me to call you once a month? Yeah. What would you, what would you like? What do you need? And if they say nothing, then call them once a month. Um, so that leads me to the other thing is most of the time people who are grieving aren't in any place to actually make practical choices. No. So taking previous advice, I said, don't talk about the death, but find a way to just give them something that you know they might need maybe it's a text once a week hey hey what's up you don't even have to say anything all you're doing is you're being there and for the person who's grieving uh 
you need people. You know, like, um, and so feeling feelings are meant to be, well, first of all, felt, but you can't, okay, uh, if you break your leg so that it's bent like an L, mm-hmm. you can't walk on it. <laughs> Somebody needs to share that burden with you and yeah. feel your feelings because you have to and share them because you have to. Um, and, you know, if you want to, you know, carry the memory of your loss in the best possible way, share it with someone because you will forget. And time, as much of an ally as it is, it also take, is a, a thief. Uh, you will lose days. You will lose memories. Uh, you will, it, you, it's, it's science, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But if you share it with someone, you've just multiplied that the memory of that person. And um, it's beautiful. Yeah. So let's leave it at that. I mean, there's if anyone wants to talk ever, like I'm sure my contact info's in there at some point. Let's talk. You know, let's let's share. I love that. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for being on the show yeah. today. For people listening. We are going to include Tim's contact information, how to get a hold of him, how to find him, how to stalk him. I mean, not stalk him, just find him to talk to him in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. I hope that something you heard today hit home or just allowed you to see grief in a different way or lower some of your judgments on the people around you who might have to make decisions that you don't always 100% agree with because when you're in the middle of it, you never know. You never know what decision you're going to make and how you're going to make it. Join us again in two weeks for another amazing topic. Please tell your friends, share this with people because the more people that feel misunderstood and seen, the better. Check out the show notes located at thetaylorway.ca for more information and all of Tim's contact information and subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you love the show, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a rating and review. See you guys later.